Welcome to The Coach's Approach, a podcast where we sit down with high school coaches and get the cold, hard facts about the high school coaching world. This is The Coach's Approach, where we talk X's and O's. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is The Coach's Approach, where we talk the X's and O's. Win the day or dominate the day. The choice is yours. Welcome back to the Coach's Approach Podcast, where we take an inside look at the coaching world. As always, I'm your host, George Cresco. I want to start off by saying thank you to all of our listeners and viewers. You guys have been absolutely awesome. Please continue to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And please check out thecoachesapproach.com. For any listeners and viewers out there looking for football training for their middle school or high school athletes, please check out Coach Max Stevens's Max Speed Training every Sunday at Eastlake Force. Uh, for more info, please check out our website, thecoachesapproach.com. Today's episode, Dan the Man, is brought to you by Coach's Dry Rub, the All-American Rub, laid on thick until it sticks. Get your own bottle at tombaskitchen.com. Uh, Anthony's Family Restaurant in Eastlake on the corner of 91 and Vine Street, where together is our favorite place to be, open for dine-in, carry-out, and curbside pickup. And last but not least, G&G Printing. Get your custom apparel printed in 7 to 10 days or less. Dominate your design. Today in the coach's booth, we have the offensive coordinator at St. Paul High School in Chantilly, Virginia, Coach Dan Evans. Coach, welcome to the show. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk some ball tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's funny is as you sent me your resume, um, you run triple option. And here in Cleveland Heights, where I coach the quarterbacks, we also run triple option. So it's, okay. kind of, it's kind of fun to see like your perspective of things. Are you flexbone or are you split veer or what are you? Yeah, we're veer. We're veer and we run a ton of midline. Okay. Yeah, so it, it was pretty exciting. I, I'm, I come from the spread background. So okay. the past two years, I've really gotten to know the triple option. And I don't know if I'll ever go back to the spread. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say this. I would say the uh, the exact same, um, yeah. you know, uh, from my perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's what I'm going to get into right here. So, um, Coach, today, days and ages, we just mentioned, a lot more teams than not are running the spread offense but you run the triple option offense. Why do you run the triple option offense? And what kind of advantages do you think the triple gives you? Well, I, I, I really became a triple option believer. Um, I was working at Catholic University. Um, at my alma mater is the outside wide receivers coach. And uh, we were running the air raid. And with that being said, I want to send my condolences out to the Leach family. Uh, yeah. Mike Leach, tremendous coach, tremendous impact that he's made through so many lives and through our sport. So uh, uh, prayers to the coach and his family. But we, we were running the air raid offense, and we went, were playing um, two schools in our conference. One was Springfield College, and one was Merchant Marine. And I was up in the booth watching them, and I think Merchant Marine that year had the ninth-ranked 
uh, offense in Division Three. They were running it for 280 a game and throwing it for 190 a game. And I said to myself, "It's like, man, I gotta, I gotta get into this. This is the, uh, this is unbelievable." And I was recruiting at my my uh, alma mater, St. Paul the Sixth High School, and I was talking to uh, their coach there, Coach uh, Coach G. He ran the split veer, and I'd seen a game, and we we talked option offense. And um, you know, long story short, uh, he uh, you know he said, "Why don't you come back to your alma mater and coach?" My daughter goes to school there now, and um, so that's how I got back. And you know, the triple option. I think what it what it's done for us uh, as a school, and I think from my perspective, it gives you the advantage over everybody that you're equal to. And it gives you the advantage. It gives you an opportunity to beat some people that they're better than you, maybe talent wise. And um, that's what we experienced this past year, uh, going nine to three and playing in our conference title game. And so, you know, I think what the triple option does also, you don't see it that often, you know, uh, like, like, you know, and it's a unique um, animal. If you're, if you got to face it and get ready for it in three days, four days, whatever it is, it's a lot to put on your plate with guys that, you know, we're doing the mesh and the, all the different things, as you know, all summer long. And it, it, it's like second nature to us. So right. it gives you a lot of advantages. And it's super hard to simulate it. As you said, we we had one of the best quarterbacks in the state and Darion Fair at Cleveland Heights this past year. And you just couldn't find him. He was so quick. The ball hit so much faster. And uh, we made a good run in the playoffs this year as well. So it, it's just a complete, it just hits so fast. That's why I like it so much faster than out of the gun where it's a long ride. It's just so much, everything's coming straight downhill at you. Right. And that, and that's the big thing is that, you know, it allows you to, you know, like you said, hit the hole quickly yeah. and then, and then get on the edge. And, and, and if you get, you know, get, you get people guessing on what they're doing and, yeah. and it, you figure it out um, amongst your staff, you know, you can, you can do some good things. Right, absolutely. And one thing that I'll mention, we had defensive ends sometimes running in circles because they didn't know who had the ball. They didn't know if we were running jet right at them, uh, reading them. So it was kind of it was really fun to see this past year. But, Coach, this is another triple option question. Do you think running the triple option, and this is, this is a question coming from me because there was points this past season where we fell behind or we needed to score quickly. But do you think running the triple is a disadvantage if you need to do those two things? You know, I mean, that that's always the 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 problematic thing with the triple option, right, that we talk about is, you know, um, you know, can you come back when you're down, right? And so, you know, that time I watched Merchant Marine, they threw the ball a good bit. And so, I mean, this past year we threw for almost 1,500. We threw for about 1,500 yards ourselves. So, uh, you know, having a passing game, we were actually playing our arch rival uh, or the arrival in the conference, St. Mary's Riken, who was won our conference two or three years, we were actually down uh, by two scores with less than seven minutes to go in the game. Wow. And we actually were able to throw the ball and get back and tied it up and forced overtime and won the game in double overtime. Right. So I think that if you have a package of plays that you get good at and, you know, um, some different wrinkles with formations, um, uh, you can still come back on teams uh, you're, you're not going to be as dynamic uh, from all the different checks and maybe throw into the back as much as passing teams do. Sure. But if you can get a couple key things against some people that you can sort of go as a wheelhouse, um, you can come back on people and move the ball in chunks. And, you know, uh, we did that in, in multiple games where, you know, if we needed to throw, we could. Sure. Um, so uh, that, that, from my perspective, 
you know, I, I think if you don't put in a passing game and you're just going to rely completely on the veer or triple or what have you, it's going to be problematic. And I would say the the biggest challenge that I would say that that we have in general is, you know, your third and longs and really catching yeah. people, I would say, off guard with your passing game. Right. Uh, but coming back, you know, um, you know, you, you can if you've got if you've got some core things that you can do from a passing game standpoint. Absolutely. And up here in Ohio, where I live, I live in Menor, Ohio, but there's three really good similar triple option teams. There's Chardon. They won back to back state championships and then they they lost in the playoffs this year. Then there's Kirtland where they've they're in the, the state title game the past seven or eight years straight. And then there was us, Cleveland Heights. So, but there's three really good teams that run the triple option up here that have been super successful over the past, you know, 10 years or so. So that's, I was excited when I was reading your resume and there was triple option on there. I was like, this would be fun. Yeah, we, yeah, we, people don't run it down our way. I think there's um, two other programs. Ironically, the other program that runs it, um, uh, the guy I was sitting next to in the booth was our defensive coordinator at Catholic. And he left Catholic and he's the head coach at Herndon high school and they run the triple option. So right. him and I were watching the same thing and we became believers. And, um, you know, his school went well, last year was Owen 10 this year. Yeah. They were six and four um, implementing the triple option. It took him yeah. like a year or two, but you know, it, it's tough. And he's a flex bone guy. I'm a split beer yeah. guy, but you know, sort of cousins in, in, in that regard right. in the offense, but um, you know, it, sort of the proof is in the pudding, like, and there's yeah. very few teams that, that run it down our way. Um, you know, it's very funny how history kind of is starting to repeat itself. There was the teams that were under center, power eye, running the football, running the football, play action off it. Then the spread kind of came in. And now everyone sees the spread every, you know, every week now. But now right. it's the teams that are running the football almost every play that it's hard to stop. Well, you know, what's crazy is, you know, I was looking at thinking about ourselves. Out of the 10 teams we play in the regular season, I think seven or eight are spread. Yeah. So, and I, and the other two, you know, they get a little bit of two back. Um, one's a two back team. And, you know, you're seeing this in the NFL is, you know, the multi tight end multi back, you know, um, you know, taking advantage on the uh, on the outside and the um, off tackle plays. Right. And even we implemented that stuff ourselves this year. We went into some 22 personnel with multiple tight ends, tight end wing and running triple. And it gives people a lot of problems because the old personnel of having that big 220 pound outside backer that can yeah. come down in the alley and fit you know you don't see that those kids are a little bit smaller now especially at the high school right. level so you have an advantage um that, i think that's where the split beer is a little bit different we're a real uh, off tackle team sure. you know uh we, we do do the midline and the mid triple and trap and things of that nature but you know um it's a big it's a big advantage because you know like i said a lot of people aren't facing it and you're seeing it at the NFL. I mean, the 49ers yeah. won the game this weekend with a guy that was Mr. Irrelevant. And yeah, because they've got a they've got a good run game. And that's right. you know, that's the name of the game right now. And it's funny, I just actually listened to a college coach, I forget his name, and he was talking about just the difference in kids now compared to you know 10, 15 years ago. He said kids aren't as tough. So when they are taking a fullback head on, it's a lot different than you know, 15, 20 years ago. Kids would come down and deliver a blow in the hole. But now, no matter what, in a triple game, you're at least getting two, three, four yards because they're just falling forward rather than, you know, a collision in the hole. So and I think, and I think one of the big advantages it does running the triples, it makes your defense better. Because yeah. your defense has to go up against that heavy run game exactly. all, all August, all September. And our defense was tremendous. We had one of the best yeah. defenses in the area. 
Um, you know, and the, our defense was good defending the run because they they saw heavy run game. Right. Um, you know, we have kids that go both ways, but but still, it makes you tougher when you when when you're sure. having to take those guys on in August and September. You know, you're you're able to you know you're able to stop those teams, especially the good ones, when you need to. Absolutely. And then coach, many, many high school teams across the country are using huddle to upload game films, uh, create highlight tapes, input all kinds of data and many, many other things now with huddle sideline and everything else. But you, you mentioned that you use huddle to, you know, analyze your opponents. What type of things do you do to break them down or kind of get an edge on your opponents? Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the great things of working at Catholic university, I work for, um, Coach Gatilius at Catholic is a great man. Uh, his offense coordinator, Max Drisco, uh, really uh, made that evolution in my step in analyzing film. Um, one of the things we did at Catholic, you know, we look at breaking down uh, what they call open field, which is first and second down only outside of the red zone and looking at, you know, that, that part of the film, looking at third downs outside, third and fourth downs. I do that with triple because we run the ball out on third and fourth down. Right. Um, uh, looking at that, looking at red zone play, looking at um, uh, negative plays, how, you know, and looking at big plays, you know, where are people uh, making big plays on them, uh, run game success. And for us, you know, we're looking at personnel and sort of you're trying to get a peg on, you know, with huddle, you know, putting all the data in, you're trying to get, you know, is there trends? Is there things that common plays, common people that are being picked on as far as making big plays? Is there common places the ball's being run at? You know, even though we run a different style of offense, right. you know, are they running a certain area of the field? Are they are they not tackling on the edge? And you can sort of see, or if people having a lot of success, like I, the way I convert the film is, hey, they're having a lot of success running outside zone. Well, for that, if that's the case, we're going to have a lot of success running rocket. Uh, which is sure. our toss, you know, if you are, are, are they an inside zone team? Well, we're going to have a lot of success running maybe inside veer or midline or things of that nature. So, yeah. you know, I think one of the things that I started doing was really looking at using huddle to really look at the game inside the game and being good in situations. I think one thing that I learned while coaching at a Catholic university, the game comes down to third and fourth down and it comes down to the red zone and you got to be good in there and you have to have as a coach, You've got to have what is going to be successful, I think, my opinion. What's going to be successful in those typical uh, situations to maximize uh, your efficiency and put points on the board and win games, you know, right. and that's, you know, third and short. Um, you know, I, I think like this past year we were 30, I could get the number, 32 or 34 on third and four, um, third and fourth down three yards and less. Right. So it's like you're good, good in that That's situation. Good. You're good that you're going to be tough. And I think our red zone efficiency, we scored uh, 31 touchdowns and 35 attempts. So wow. like we were a high efficiency red zone team. Um, so yeah, being good that, in those areas, number. yeah, you take yeah. those numbers all day long. <laughs> yeah, and, and and huddle helps that. Is, yeah. is and and like I said, I got you know being on the staff at Catholic. You know, while it was a different type of offense. The, the, the philosophy was very is very similar. Uh, yeah, I talked to my old the guy I work for all the time, and he said, you know, if I wasn't running air raid, I'd run triple. Like that's yeah. the way, you know, because you you fall in the, those regards. So I think it, using huddle to get the game within the game can help you really as a coach, you know, sort of you know make good decisions in those in those timely situations. Oh, absolutely. And coach, you've mentioned that you coached at both the college and high school level. 
What would yeah. you think is the biggest difference in coaching at the high school level compared to the college level? Well, I think what the crazy part is at the, at the college level, you get the kids on the practice field very little compared yeah. to high school. You know, it's funny because we have so many off-season workouts, seven-on-sevens, green days, wherever your, you know, your area is in high school, you see those kids a lot on the field, potentially, camps, things of that nature. In college, you're limited to whatever the 16, 16 to 20 spring practices you yeah. get. And when I was at Division Three, our it was at the time, there was no helmets. Um, yeah. And then you only get the 20 practices leading up to your first game. So the big difference is you don't get that on the field time. You know, you're coaching a lot off of film in college. And I think that's the big difference is the other big difference is you have more classroom time, but that's how you have to coach. You have limited field space. You have limited time. You know, you're not going to be out there at the college level for three, four hours. Kids go to class. You know, they have other obligations. We're, we're in there when I was coaching Catholic, we're there two, two hours and 15 minutes tops. And then we're coaching from the classroom, which I think is the big difference at high school. I think players, ironically, you know, your 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 players are very similar. Like at least at the like from what my perspective was, right. um, you know. Uh, but the the manner at which you can coach them, you have to really maximize your time at college because you got very few on field repetitions that the NCAA really allows you to have. And so that you, right. you're you're more you're you're as much as a classroom coach as you are as a field coach. And I think that's the big difference coaching from, you know, uh, right. especially, yeah, especially the NCAA has all these rules of non-contact. You only get, yep. you know, 10 hours of any contact. It's crazy. No two days. No yeah. two days. I, mean, I was trying to tell one of my players who was, who was going to college right now. I said, you know, ironically, you know, I was trying to prepare them for, Hey, you're going to go, go walk into a college, you know, don't expect to play right away. And it's not because you're not a good player. Right. You've got 16 practices to get ready, and there are no two-a-days. Right. You know, you've got a walk-through, a two-hour practice, two-hour, 50 minutes, and then you're off. A, a college coach, they got to get ready for their first game. Right. You know, getting you up to speed on the offense and the defense, the idea you're going to be a major contributor right away, it's really hard. It's yeah. really tough. That's why all those kids go in January at the Division One level. Right. Now, now, Coach, you've also been a coordinator. You've been assistant head coach. I believe you're an assistant head coach now. You've also been a head football coach. What advice would you give to a young coach that um, has the aspirations of being a head football coach? You know, I think the big thing, I think if you want to be a head football coach, you have to invest the time in following what what your current high school head coach does. Right. You know, I work for a great guy and, and uh uh, Michael Grandizio, he was our conference coach of the year. You know, I would say if you're a young coach that expires, go to as many meetings. Ask that coach, can I come to your house on a Saturday to shadow you what you or shadow you on what you do? Can I shadow the weight room sessions? Can can you teach me? I think if I was a, a young assistant, the biggest thing is, yeah, you want to be on a good program. Like that's a component. But you want to find someone, whether that's the coordinator of that high school or the head coach of that high school, that's wants to teach you and work with you and help you break down film and have you sit in on parents meetings and help you, you know, do budgets and inventory and college recruiting and to see what it entails. And I think when you have someone good to shadow, you'll 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 make your own mistakes, but you'll be able to sort of avoid some of those. And if you can find a coach that's willing to work with you uh, and develop you, I think that that's the biggest thing is I was a big X's and O's guy. And I think that's a component, but there's so much from parents 
to college, to working, uh, yeah, to college fundra recruiting, fundraising, the whole fundraising, yeah. weight room, uh, you know, speed and conditioning, parent involvement. There's a lot of different things, inventory. There's a whole lot of things that are there that, you know, sometimes as an assistant, you can, uh, kind of take for granted. Yeah, but you know, I always say this. Yeah, as I was gonna say, sometimes you don't even see that side of it. You're just you you come to practice an hour early, you leave right after practice. You don't see the the little stuff that happens after. Yeah, and 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 I also recommend a young assistant be the last to leave. Be be walking with your coach on the way out, not to win brownie points, but to see what does this really entail. Sure, you know, waiting with kids for rides after school, like all these things, like they're all a component. You know, asking about how he works with his family. Because that's the big thing is how, how does he make it work at home, too? Because all those things are important if you want to be a head coach. No, absolutely. And, Coach, uh, this past season, your team did some amazing things. Uh, your team went 9-3 and three overall, as you already mentioned earlier. Uh, you went to the conference ch uh, championship game. Unfortunately, you guys lost in that game, but it was a great game. Uh, but I saw some of the highlights that you shared with me. Can you talk a little bit about your this past season and some of the things you guys did? Yeah, I'm really proud of our kids uh, at uh, St. Paul of the Sixth High School. We got great kids, uh, great parents. We, we Kids work really hard in our, our offseason. Um, they, they work tremendously hard. Uh, this year was tough, our toughest schedule we ever had, uh, probably in the, in the last, uh, I don't know, probably the last 10 years. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, our kids were able to beat our conference champion, St. Mary's Riken. We hosted a playoff game for only the – third time in school history. We won that playoff home playoff game. Um, uh, the first time in 20 or 25 years got to play at Navy, which was awesome. An awesome experience. Heck yeah. you know, I mean, just a tremendous experience for our kids. Um, we were up in the fourth quarter. Uh, just couldn't, the game sort of got away from us is, I, as I've told a bunch of people, I trade the last 10 minutes of that fourth quarter, but I wouldn't trade the season because no. those kids, we had a tremendous year. Our kids achieved so much. Uh, the memories you make with the kids, um, you know, I'm going to miss, we had some great seniors. I'm going to miss those guys uh, tremendously. Um, but we had, you know, I, I think we had a record number of first team, all conference performers. Um, you know, we have, we have, we have, we have some kids going on to college. We have one uh, athlete, Brendan Robinson's going on full scholarship to William and Mary. We have some other kids that are committing uh, shortly to, to colleges. So just the real overall success, um, first time being in our conference championship game since 1999. So, you know, for us, uh, it was great accomplishment and how much we overcame and, and how much our kids competed throughout the season. Really proud of them. And then we have, we have good staff and guys that I work with. It's, it's probably the easiest staff I've ever worked with um, as far as, you know, everybody out for uh, the kids and they, having the kids succeed. Uh, that's awesome. And not, nine and three, I mean, not a lot of teams, you know, play – home playoff games, second round, third round. So that's just, you know, the story in itself and making history first time since 99 doing the things you guys are doing. But coach, here, here's a thing in our profession of coaching, there are a lot of coaches who are more about their ego rather than, you know, service and helping our kids. So what, what would you say would make a great overall coach? I think number one, you got to be emotionally invested in your kids. Right. Um, you know, I, I still talk to some of my kids that I coached seven, eight years ago, you know, a text on their birthday. How are they doing? I mean, I, like I, I tell I tell everyone I sit down with, I got into this profession to build young men. There's very few things left in our society to build young men. 
And, um, you know, I think you have to have be in it for the right reasons. What I think you got to ask yourself, why, why are you coaching? You know, um, you know, if your, if your goal is to impact young people uh, and develop young people, I think then you're in the right spot. And I think that um, that doesn't mean it's always, you know, hugs and kisses and sunshine and rainbows because <laughs> it's not going to be. But I think you got to, you know, if you want to be a good coach, I think you got to invest the time with your skill to develop your skill but then also to develop relationships uh, and develop relationships with your kids, with their parents. Um, I think it's vital. And, and you're in the relationship business, you're in the building people business. And so, you know, you have to know what you're doing. And I think that's a big component. And we, we as coaches, this is the time of year we get into that heavy. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also, you know, you want to be a good coach, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta be, continue to build your relationships with your players and your, and, and, and their, and their parents. Right. And speaking of relationships, uh, many players um, have goals and dreams. Some athletes want to play in college. Some athletes have the dreams to go on and play in the NFL. What advice would you give an athlete who wants to play at the next level? I think there's two things right off the bat. I think you got to be really good in the classroom. It creates a big funnel for you. Um, whether you're a middle school or going to high school, there are some, our, our high school is very rigorous academically. It's very tough. And if you don't put yourself in a good position, you know, when you're in middle school to develop your academics, I think that's, and then also going from high school to college, the more, you know, obviously the better grades you have, the more places you have potentially can go and play. I think that, I think number two, you've got to be a good person. I think that, I, you know, I, I, at one point in my journey, I ran a combine business and we helped guys go from college to pro. And you'd be surprised at how many character issues or things that would happen that would derail someone's career. So I think that that is the first two components. The third one is you got to embrace the work. You got to embrace the weight room, the training. You got to love it because if you want to be a great player, you have to love that aspect. And you, and the fourth thing is you got to be a student of the game. You know, are you studying the game? Are you getting better at the game? Um, you know, uh, you know, no one's arrived. I know I'm not, I, I, you know, I don't know everything, but I'm trying to be always be a student of the game. And I think that if you want to be a, a player that goes to the next level, you know, obviously be great in the classroom, be a good person. Those are the first two number two things, but you've got to embrace the work because if you don't embrace the work, if you're trying to get out of the work, if you're trying to avoid the work and well, I don't need to do the work because I've got this talent. It's just going to catch up with you eventually. And you're, you're going to reach a plateau. You're not going to be the person you or the player you really wanted to be. And then you got to learn the game. I think that's another component. Right now, this this wasn't a question. It's just kind of something you said. You said players would kind of do, derail themselves from playing at the next level. Do you think social media now is playing a big part of kids posting stupid things and getting recruited? I just saw one of the top notch quarterbacks in the country, I think, tweeted or put out a video and they took a scholarship away. You talk. Yeah, you gotta be. You've got to be careful. You got to be careful what you post. I think we also, as adults, have to remember kids are kids. You yeah. know, there's a reason why. You know. God, if I if some of this stuff was around when I was 16, 17, or 18 years old, right? And so I think what we have to do is it can derail them. Yes, it really can. It can take away opportunities. Yeah. And we have to try to teach our kids to avoid that. But I think we got to teach our kids that, you know, forgiveness is a great thing. Moving on and changing is a good thing. Um, but you got to be careful what you put out there. I'm very careful about what I put out on text, yeah. individual uh, you know, uh, you know, text or email, uh, you know, going that step further, um, you know, social media, you know, what you're liking, what you're following, yeah. everybody's watching those things. And I think you got to be really mindful of that, um, oh, you know, and then, and then just, 
making good decisions, whether that's at someone's house, on the road, you know, those are, the, you know, when you're amongst a group of people, when you're out late at night, those are the things that I think I see, you know, as much as the social media derailing people's career for, you know, doing stup something stupid in a car or as a group getting into trouble, those kinds of things can derail your career tremendously. And I think yeah. equally on the social media, but I think, uh, you know, sort of old school, our kids have to be reminded, you got to make really good decisions in the car with your friends yeah. amongst groups of people and especially late at night. Yeah, you know, we used to have an old saying, nothing good happens after 11 p.m. on the road. Yeah. You know, get off the road, get home, be safe. You know, I, I especially because yeah. everyone has these phones out now. Yep. You you got to be so careful with whatever you're doing, you know, because you're a video away from being caught with something, you know. Right. Right. Everybody, everybody and everybody's looking to put you on video that way. Oh, yeah. Now, Coach, we've we've hit the point in the show for our fun segment, Rapid Fire 7. Uh, this segment is brought to you by G&G Printing. Coach, I'm going to ask you seven random rapid-fire okay. questions that I'm about to uncover here in a second, but just answer them as fast as possible. And sure. Like I said, you never know what these questions are. So I get okay. some of them from fans, some of them from other coaches. So, Coach, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Who is going to win the college football national championship? Uh, I think it's going to be Georgia and not, not even be close. Okay. I'm a, I'm a Michigan fan. So I, okay. I, I well, Blake Corum, Blake, Blake Corum lives about 10 minutes from where I live. He lives oh, in wow. Lawrence, Virginia. So, you know, I, 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 yeah, I wish he didn't get hurt because we I have pulling for him, local guy. So yeah, I, I, he should have been out at the Heisman. He deserved to be at that Heisman presentation. Yep, I agree. Um, so he's a great player. No, it's – I'm I was kind of hoping for a rematch of Michigan Ohio State, but you know, I I'm like, yeah, we they beat us for, you know, over the decade, so let's at least have that year of yeah, those two years straight. All right, this is this is a random one. Grandfather clock or pocket watch? Uh, pocket watch. <laughs> uh, would you rather be trapped with 1000 snakes or 1000 spiders? I'd say probably the snakes. <laughs> Bacon or sausage? Bacon, 100%. I'm close. UPS or FedEx? <laughs> I would say I would say UPS. <laughs> I'd say UPS. I agree. Uh, a movie about yourself, who stars as Dan Evans? Oh, my wife, she always jokes around. She said, you know, you get Ralph Macchio to star as you. <laughs> you know, you know, that that would be uh oh, that would be probably oh, you know who, who, who my wife would say, uh Kelly, who's a great lady, uh uh who would star as me. No, oh, that's funny. And then last one, what would be your dream vacation? Oh, uh, Italian cruise. That's easy. Uh, oh, there you cruise go. through Italy. That's what that's what my my dream my dream vacation would be. How uh, that'd be great, but it, that's always a fun segment that I like to do, and it's you just never know what you're gonna get, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, but as we near the end of the show, coach, I always ask this question to every coach that comes out of the show: uh, Who is Coach Evans for the listeners and viewers who might not know you? Who is Coach Dan Evans? Yeah, you know, I one of my former football coaches, Rob Ambrose, who just actually. Um, uh, he was the coach at Towson for the last 14 years. Um, he used to tell me, he's like, Dan, you, you have this look about your face. You're so serious. You look like you're going to kill somebody. And, I'm, <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm a focused guy and I'm a driven guy. And sometimes that comes off the wrong way, but 
I think if you were to ask me who I'd want like people to know that I am as someone that always loved his players that wanted to see them achieve their goals and dreams. Um, somebody always wanted to be the example for my children to, to show them what hard work and perseverance and overcoming and achievement um, are all about, but that, uh, you know, I, that, you know, I'm a guy that I want people to know that loves to compete, that loves to win. And, you know, I think that's what, you know, keeps me going and, you know, uh, but number one, you know, I want my players and my, the parents of my players know that I care about their kids and I really want to see them achieve their goals and dreams and that I would do anything for them now or in the future. Oh, yay. That, that was one of the best answers I've gotten. <laughs> I like it, Coach. Uh, but, Coach, I thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a great one, and uh, hopefully a lot of people listen in and get to hear your story and your background, and uh, they'll be able to communicate you with you through Twitter. And uh, But, yeah, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, Coach, absolutely. If anybody wants to reach out to me, it's, you know, Coach Evans PVI uh, is my Twitter. It's also Coach Evans PVI at gmail.com. That's E-V-A-N-S. Um, and coaches, you had a great show. It was great talking ball with you. I uh, love these uh, opportunities to talk with fellow coaches and build that um, that coaches camaraderie across the country. It's awesome. Yeah, sure thing. And that's what I was getting into next is um, so far this season, we've had coaches on from Ohio, Texas, uh, Virginia and Germany. So I'm like, it's, it's been pretty cool experience getting to just reach out and build, you know, build a bridge between all these coaches. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome that you guys, you're doing this platform. It's great. All right, coach. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, but, uh, please, if you're listening, please keep on sharing our content and check out the coachesapproach.com. You can find everything you need to know about our podcast there. That's going to do it for tonight's episode of the Coach's Approach podcast. As always, I'm your host, George Bresco, and we'll see you guys later.